welcome back to episode two of Life Uncut. I'm Britt and I am here with my co-host Laura. Sup guys? <laughs> Look, it has been a pretty huge few weeks. Some big things have been happening. Laura, you went away and had a little baby and I got kicked off online dating. So I feel like it's safe to say we're both kicking some life goals. <laughs> it's definitely been an eventful <laughs> few weeks, that is for sure. We have so much to talk about today and it's for those that are just catching up, it's been a few weeks in between the last podcast that we recorded because Laura did have to go and have a baby. So we needed to put that on pause for a few weeks, but I think we're four weeks post birth. Is that right, Laura? No, we're almost six weeks now. Oh my yeah, God. Molly's Molly May is almost six weeks old. Yeah, um, so six weeks. So a lot has happened and we're definitely going to delve into that. But before we do, have you seen the Bachelor promos? I am obsessed. So yes, much. I have seen it. <laughs> I spend my entire life on the couch now, so I can't possibly have missed it. It looks amazing and I cannot wait for this season to start. Yep. So I am irrationally jealous. Actually, it's probably not even irrationally. It's rationally jealous because they look like they're doing the most epic things. I saw some flighter jets and I saw some of the most romantic dates. I was actually going to ask you how you felt about The Batch and whether you felt jealous about him being The Bachelor. (laughs) Because quite honestly, I think that that Matt Agnew, Agnew, that Matt mm-hmm. Agnew, I think they've cast him so well. I oh. think he's going to be a brilliant bachelor. Seriously, the number of people that messaged me saying, "Why? I hope, please tell me you're an intruder on this show." I'm not. <laughs> yeah, but how do you feel? Like in comparison, do you wish that you're in this season versus last season, or are you quite happy with how your story panned out? I do believe everything happens for a reason, and I'm happy with how my story panned out. Obviously, Nick and I were not meant to be, and we had Sophie and I had this great story, you know, that was women supporting women, and I love that. But how could you not be jealous looking at Dr. Matt Agnew? <laughs> I'm jealous of the fact that um, he genuinely looks like he's out for love. And he looks like he found it from, you know, the promos. They're saying that he says he loves you at the end. and Yeah, I think that with this series, we're going to get back to our traditional love story. And I think that they haven't gone for their celebrity. They have gone back to their original sort of storyboard where they found an exceptional normal person. Well, that's Who's it. looking he's, for love. Yeah, he's not a celebrity. He's looking for love. He is intelligent. He seems lovely. Yeah, I just feel like they wouldn't have cast somebody that wasn't. Absolutely. And he's a real Australian bachelor. Like he has, he ticks all the boxes. He's got everything going for himself. He's the sort of guy that if you met him in the real world, you'd be like, holy shit, this guy's amazing. Yeah. And that's what The Bachelor's supposed to be. And I love that. I mean, it was it was always going to happen, but I love that they put the slow-mo, ripping the shirt off, running down the beach with Matt on the ad, obviously oh panning up from the abs. He's got his oil on. He's I, looking on point. I actually watched that and thought that was such a Matty J promo. Like, they did it for Nick too. It's, it's just identical. Put a shirt on. No, take it off. Leave it off. <laughs> I think they're brilliant promos because I was hooked. I was like, damn, shorty. Yeah, they really have gone back to the original storyboard with this one. Just oil them up and throw them on the beach. That's it. Anyway, I think well done. Well done to uh, the casting of Matt there. But a few other things that I wanted to talk about. Uh, actually, let's just chat about how I got kicked off Bumble. Before we get into you having the baby, let's talk about my life event. Oh, yeah, Britt. Let's talk about your life events. <laughs> What's been happening, babe? Come at me. <laughs> So um, I finally went back on online dating. It's been a year. Everyone said, you need to get back on there because people don't approach you in real life anymore. People don't. Actually, I was talking to a really good friend just recently who's a publican and people don't even go out anymore. People don't 
socialize in the way that we used to because we used to go out for the purpose of trying to meet someone Definitely. and now that's all done online so i've seen people out at the bar before swiping on tinder yeah i, mean, I was well, like dude easier. look up there's a babe right next to you easier than wait were you the babe or obviously yeah <laughs> i'm like hello look at me <laughs> it's just easier than having to socialize and being rejected in real life i think being rejected on a screen is is far less of a blow to the ego yeah than going up to someone and them saying no sorry i don't want you to buy me a drink we just don't have to socialize in the same way anymore yeah this is true so what was your experience you were back uh, on bumble so I, went, I finally went back on bumble uh, like just say late afternoon One's fine. Winter's day. And I wake up in the morning and I tell you what, I feel like it's Christmas. I'm like, ooh, can't wait to log on and see who's matching. Did matched you have me. some matches? <laughs> yeah, I was so pumped. I don't know why. Anyway, I open up the app and it's like, good morning, Brittany. You have been kicked off Bumble. Why? And I was like, what the hell? What could I have possibly done in 12 hours? It was all the naked photos you put on there again, wasn't it? It was the nude photos. For yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. You'd think that that would get you VIP, but it doesn't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Bumble's really about a respectful platform. No dick pics allowed. Well, well done, Bumble. No, look, apparently too many people in that 12 hours had reported me as a fake profile, like, which is sad on multiple levels because A, they're saying, no, Brittany wouldn't be on here, but I really am. <laughs> Well, I mean, I and think B, I got kicked off, so I couldn't even online date if I wanted to. I actually love Bumble. So, did you see that we had a fake profile made of us recently? Yeah, but your profile was your whole family, which I, is so ridiculous. So, for anyone who doesn't know um, and who, who doesn't follow um, my Instagram, I was notified by one of my followers that I had a profile on Bumble, which is pretty strange considering I've just had a baby and I'm in a pretty happy relationship. And it was a person named Troy, 38 years old. In, hey, hey, Troy. Yeah, in the Gold Coast with a photo of my entire family. And I didn't even um, I didn't even notify Bumble. I just put up on my stories as a bit of a laugh because I thought it was it was a bit of a joke. And Bumble actually got in touch with me. They got in touch firstly to ask me if I had any more information about the profile and I, I didn't respond to them. I was just a bit busy doing mum life. And then they contacted me again a few days later and said that they had found the profile with absolutely no further information from me except for a screenshot and they'd removed it. And if there was ever something like this in the future, just to let them know. And I just thought that was absolutely amazing. The sort of effort they go to, to, to try and control their platform. I think it is. I think it's brilliant. Firstly, Troy, what were you thinking? No one's going to want to go and date a whole family. Yeah, I know. At least right. keep it realistic if you're going to catfish. So, ain't no one want to date me when I've got a five-week-old baby. That is too much baggage. <laughs> no, but to be fair, um, I wasn't even going to chase it up. I was like, oh, well, back to the drawing board. But my girlfriend, Renee, she said, look, I know the people at Bumble. You've got to get back on there. And I said, no, nah, don't worry. So she just went and messaged them on my behalf. God love her. And um, they fixed it up straight away. They contacted me and they apologized. And they thought, look, we just have to protect people. There are And there are fake profiles of myself. 100%. So, And they rectified that and they actually put me back on there straight away. Yeah, I just think, I mean, obviously I'm not online dating at the moment. But I think at that the moment, <laughs> Like well, it's coming? <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think of that. I'm not online dating and have no intention of doing Full that stop ever space, again. New paragraph. The end. I just think that Bumble, and this is in no way a Bumble ad, but I think that Bumble has created such a, a such a great community in comparison to a lot of the other online dating sites, and I think that they really do show that they care about the profiles and the people that are within their mm. community by taking actions like that. I I don't remember any of the other online dating apps taking things that seriously. Or being that quick to no. action. And there's a reason I'm not on Tinder or anything like that because of that reason. I feel like Tinder now is just like a swipe for sex 
thing. Um, people have sort of categorized that as that, as a hookup app. And I think um, Bumble and there's this new one, Hinge. Uh, I think they're taking it a little bit more seriously for people to actually want to date. Yeah, I think that they've they've, ch- they've changed the culture a little bit of what online dating is. Mm. And also Bumble with having Bumble Business and Bumble Friends. Bumble is that Friends, what it's yeah. Uh, yeah, that, they're Which really... Is like, I love that, but I also think it's so sad that people can't go and make a friend anymore just at the bar or at the beach or through a friend, like where we have to go and have friends online. Do you think though? Because I I think as well, I mean, when we say that the online dating culture is changing about how we approach people in a bar, I think it's also really difficult to just approach a female and and be like, hey, I'm new to this area. I don't have any friends because you don't know where that person's at in their own personal journey. And when you get to a certain age, I know I don't have enough time to... To, to make new friends and to no. put effort into that. And so I think it can be incredibly hard for people who have relocated yeah. to make friends. I, feel, I get that. Having lived in so many different countries, I have actually used Tinder because I never had this friendship part. Make- so I've been using Tinder and made friends and I have friends all around the world from Tinder. Yeah, which- I remember when I was on Tinder and this is you know quite a few moons ago now and I had a girl who had on her profile, she was like, I'm not, I'm not a lesbian. I'm not looking for a sexual relationship at all. Mm. I'm just new to this area and I'm finding it incredibly difficult to make friends. So if you think this profile is weird, please swipe, swipe past. And, you know, if you're also in a similar situation, I'd love to meet up for a coffee or a drink. And that's where it's obviously stemmed from. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's great that Bumble has taken the initiative and created that. It's yeah, fantastic. it's essentially a network. Also, I just read something that I wanted to comment on. I literally read this this morning, but Natalie Imbruglia is pregnant. I don't know if you've heard that. I did. She's having a baby. Yeah. And I just wanted to comment on this because she is 44, I believe. And um, she has gone and done that on her own with IVF and a sperm donor. And she's happily said that. She's open about it. She said she's not going to talk in depth about it. But there's a big sort of conversation going on about that. My immediate thought when I read that was, you go, girl. Good on you. You want a baby? You go get your baby. You go get your baby. Um, But... There is this, I don't know if you read it about, there are some people commenting that maybe... I did see the Telegraph's article, which was said, I'm torn about Natalie and Brulia's decision to no, have a baby. No pun. No pun intended. <laughs> I, I think it's pretty incredible that we live in a day and age where women can pursue their careers or they can prioritize other aspects of their life and then the decision to have a baby can come later in life. I do also think that it does run us to risks, but so does everything Mm. in life, high risk, high return. If you want to put your career first, which I have done in in many ways, I think go, go for it. So long as you understand that there is the possibility that maybe you will be raising a child on your own, or maybe you'll be making that decision for yourself. Mm. But if that's where you're at at that point in your life the the medical tools are out there for people to make those decisions definitely and there are so many risks that come with ages aging pregnancies um i think they actually call them geriatric pregnancies after what age i mean do you know do you know they really say almost from 34 on now is where it's risks increase brit for those who don't know brit works in the medical world so she has a little bit more knowledge on this stuff than i do despite the fact that i've had yeah a baby. like so there are procedures that we actually do that i don't think a lot of people even know when people are having um problems falling pregnant they will come in and this is like oh, a colloquial term but they we literally flush out their tubes we do things like that it's almost like clearing the path for the sperm just getting the plumbing <laughs> ready getting the plumbing ready so there are there are so many things to do to help people fall pregnant and to make sure that you do have a healthy pregnancy but you have to know 
women now are working so much longer and prioritizing everything else before having a baby. And I'm all for that. I'm 32. I don't know when a baby is in my future, but there are, there are things to help you achieve that now. But we also do need to be aware as much as it sucks, we have a biological clock and we have to accept that. Yeah. I do think it's important if you want to have kids to have your timeline and to know what you want to achieve in life because it's very easy for time to get away from you and to go from 32 to 37 to 44 and think I thought I would have children by now but I've been caught up in this world of of work and career and so long as that work and career is giving you fulfillment and happiness and that you are on the trajectory that you want not just that you've been caught by time which Mm -hmm. I think it, it does. I mean, and that's a sad it, thing because sometimes you're not in control of your situation. If you haven't met the right person, totally. you might be trying. Like, you know, there's not much you can do about that. Well, that's also obviously the fact for Natalie and Brulee. I mean, she was married for five years mm-hmm. and she's had a, a long-term relationship, but it didn't. It didn't happen for her in that instance. And now she's been able to take that into her own hands and and to be able to have the baby that she wants. I think it's incredible. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch that journey. So speaking of pregnancies, before we go and jump into the question and answer with you and your journey, I want to know what the hell is in the bachelor water because batchy babies are popping up everywhere. Everyone's (laughs) having babies. We've had Sam and Snez. They have just had their baby, Charlie Lane Wood. I love that name, by the way. It's beautiful, isn't it? I actually had Charlie as one of my... um, my girl's names and Matt vetoed it. He, oh, he actually both had Matt Charlie. Vetoed, no, I, I guess that wouldn't wouldn't have happened. But Matt Matt vetoed most of my girl names. Marley May was the only one that kind of oh, really? stuck. Yeah, and then um, Lisa Hyde, who was in Batch in Paradise as well, the first season of Batch yeah. in Paradise, she has had her little baby, which is Maya J. Annie Kalina. Oh, lovely name, long Gorgeous. name. Yeah. So another little girl. Yeah, I and hers is hyphenated too. I'm I'm all down for a hyphenated name. <laughs> Go the hyphen. <laughs> So for it. Three babies in the space of a month is pretty amazing. And all girls. Yeah. It's just a testament to say that that there is something in The Bachelor that does work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I want to know where I find it. Thanks. <laughs> no, look. So I do. I don't think I've even said it on air yet. But Laura, you made a little, tiny, beautiful human that looks ridiculously like you. So congratulations on I that. I did not make her on my own. Thank you very much, Matthew Johnson, for your contribution to this. No, but she. to be fair, I don't know if anyone has seen the little pictures. You have kept it quite quiet. You've released a few little pictures. On your stories, you put pictures and things like that. But she looks so much like you. We've been pretty open with like sharing our photos and stuff of Marley. Mm. I guess the thing that we've been quiet about is more around the birth the actual and, story yeah and not for any big reason other than it kind of took me a while to just get over the birth myself and understand what that is and deal with my own feelings about it and enjoy Marley for for her and and not be caught up in all that she's she's amazing she's so, so she's beautiful Marley May Rose Marley May Rose and where and did that name come was the rose any please say it wasn't anything to do with the bachelor <laughs> please, please tell me Rose is not a nod to the bachelor unfortunately sorry Osha Rose is um, Matt's grandma's name so oh, nice. May is my grandma's name Rose is Matt's Marley is also not from Marley and me the dog movie which everyone keeps asking um, <laughs> I just loved the name Marley and and Matt um 
I mean, Matt got Johnson. And so I kind of put my foot down early on and I was like, no, you get the last name. So I get to pick the first name. And you're also pushing it out of your vagina. So that gives you some leeway. I did. Yeah. I had some leverage there. So I I chose Miley, but Matt was on board. He loved it as well. And now I think like we both just adore her name. She's so gorgeous. It's such a a crazy, wonderful experience having a newborn baby. Bless you. Although I haven't slept, so I might just be high on zero sleep. Yeah, I do get a message saying, sorry, hun, I'm running five minutes late because Miley's been screaming for six hours straight. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, though, there's been a couple of nights that have been, um, been difficult, but I think that's just the newborn. That's just newborn. It's yeah. just, just, just taking it one day at a time. All right, well, let's go back to the start because you actually have been really quiet on the birth story, which which I like. I like that you guys took some time to keep it private and a, a little bit something that was special to you for a while. But I think you're at the point now where you're happy to share it. If you are, I am yes. going to extract some things from you. Yes, come at me. Come at me, bro. Okay, come at you. Firstly, before we get back right, right into it, all I want to know is from 1 to 10, with 10 being I want to die right now, how painful was the birth? Oh, do you know what? I actually hate saying this because there's going to be women who are listening to this who are about to have their own babies. And that's just such a shitty thing to do to a new mom. Well, so that's your warning. If you're listening now and you're having a baby, tap out. No. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, stop <laughs> listening. Do you know what? They don't call it labor for no reason. It is definitely very painful. Although everyone has a very different pain thresholds. And mm-hmm. I think because I was actually induced, I didn't go into a spontaneous labor. And I think if you go into spontaneous labor, it's a very different labor story than what I experienced. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say it was right at the brink of my pain threshold. I like I wanted to originally do a natural birth. That was my great intention. Mm-hmm. But I ended up having to opt for an epidural just because I couldn't manage my pain expectations. However, like everyone says, once that baby's out, it's actually amazing how euphoric you feel. The pain just goes away. All of it. Instantly. Instantly. See, I just can't even begin to imagine. It's really incredible. Just kind of like our our backstory on what happened. So, Well, you were over, weren't you? you yeah, were I was two weeks overdue with Marley. And they really only let you go to two weeks mm-hmm. now because the issue with going over any more than that is your placenta has a use-by date. Basically, like think of it like a carton of milk. It has an expiration on it. And if that expiration happens, there's an increased risk of stillbirth. So it can be really, really detrimental to go any further than two weeks. So we pushed it right to the limits and then we were booked in to be induced. And it's kind of a weird experience, I think, if you're booked in for a C-section or you're booked in for an induction because you don't have this oh, my water's broke. Oh, I'm in labor. Like, let's get to the hospital, which kind of seems a bit romantic as part of the story. We were very much like, okay, I'm, uh, you know, I know that I'm going to go to the doctors at 9am or 7am tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. I've got my bag packed. It's a weird thing that you like planned it and you know it's happening. And Totally. It was really methodical. And so we got to the hospital. I mean, we were running late because Matt can't be on time for anything, even though the <laughs> we birth were running was planned. Babe, you were running two weeks late already. <laughs> I was two weeks late and yet I was still waiting in the car for Matt to get his <laughs> bag Matt, get your shit together. <laughs> I know. I love the man. So we got to the hospital and the way that it works when you're being induced is they they actually manually break your waters with a plastic hook. So I was hooked up to a drip given some synthetic oxytocin, which is what Mm -hmm. brings on the labor. Sounds brilliant. Yeah. And then they broke my waters with a plastic hook. And so I waited in the hospital to go into, into labor. And the thing with being induced is that 
and this I didn't actually know this until the time. Mm. Um, some women still have normal contractions where their contractions, uh, you'll have one contraction that might last a minute, and then you have uh, several minutes between the contraction, which allows you to kind of compose yourself and to breathe and get up back on top of the pain and get ready for the next contraction. I didn't have that. Unfortunately, I just had one never ending contraction. So I oh couldn't God. get on top of the pain at all. For how long? Just well, for like hours ending for like just over an hour. Yeah. Oh like it just, just wasn't stopping. And so it was really, really difficult to manage the pain and manage my expectations around how I was going to do six hours or eight hours or 24 hours. I didn't know how long I was going to be in labor for. So I ended up opting to have an epidural. Holy shit. Epidurals are so great. (laughs) They are great. It was like night and day. So we went from having me over the side of the bed, being sick, Mm -hmm. unable to speak to sitting up and having a full blown conversation with everyone that was in the room and laughing and making jokes and Oh, if you need to answer. Oh look, my that's... goodness! Yeah, sorry, my phone's just ringing now. It's probably Matt telling yeah, me that you I know, need to get home when for you, a breastfeed. When you've got a baby, you need to have your phone ready. Oh, have your phone on silent. Can would you have just, been uh, just I'm ask, so sorry? No, just ask Matt quickly to breastfeed us himself. Yeah. And then... <laughs> I mean, he's been a pretty good hands-on dad so far, so I'm sure he'd give it a crack. Anyway, so yeah, look, it, it was it was not what I expected my labor to be and having an epidural definitely made it far more manageable. That was for sure. Well, I think you hear that a lot. Um, I have a lot of friends actually that's, that have these big expectations and this birth plan on what, what's going to happen, how it's going to go down. And it just doesn't work like that. I'm actually so glad that I didn't have a birth plan and I didn't, I, I didn't go to any birthing classes. I didn't uh, go to any breastfeeding classes. Oh yeah, what was your, what was the prep like? How do you prep for a baby? Do you actually go to these classes and do the bouncing on the ball thing and like Matt pretends to pull a football out of you? Or I don't know. I think that people <laughs> you, do. And you know what? But you didn't do anything. No, I didn't do any of them. And uh, like props to people who do, because I do think that it would make you more mentally prepared. Mm-hmm. But I guess I really didn't want to have any expectations around the birth and I did don't want to get hung up on how I wanted it to be, which in my instance, I'm really glad that I didn't do that purely because it's, I didn't have the birth that I would have wanted. If I was to sit down and say, you know, this is, this is my ideal type of birth being induced. Wasn't it? Well, yeah. And then you run the risk of having this, um, your expectations aren't well, met. Your expectations aren't met. So you have this intense disappointment and you don't want that to translate yeah. When you have the baby into these like sort of ill feelings of I, I failed or I didn't do it. Because totally. I think people feel like they failed when they don't give a natural birth. But God, if you can just get that baby out safely in any way, I don't think it matters. It's okay for some people to to have a birth plan and, and it's totally okay to, to have strong feelings about how you want your birth to go because it's such an important and pivotal experience that's only going to happen you know one two maybe three or four times if you've got a lot of kids in your life yeah. so and there you know depends on your personality type some people do need to feel like they have more control over a situation I'm not that person I, I'm actually I, I do better without trying to control things and just kind of going with the flow mm-hmm. a little bit so for me it worked not going to any birth classes we had amazing midwives at the hospital who talked me through everything anyway mm-hmm. um but as much as being induced wasn't the experience that I wanted, it was still an incredible birth. And it was, you know, that moment where, she, where they, your baby comes out and they put her on your chest. It I was, couldn't imagine. Oh, I, I couldn't have imagined it either. It's just the most incredible experience. And so was she, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like she was 
backwards, upside down, inside out. She wasn't sitting right, was she, to come out? Yeah, no, she was. Oh, she wasn't. Um, she wasn't breech, but she was posterior. So she was upside down, basically. So right. what it means like is like bottom first. No, 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 other way. So basically, she was facing the right way, like she was head down. Mm-hmm. But it means usually their back would be facing your stomach. So that's a much more comfortable way to give birth. But when they are posterior, it means that their spine is against your spine and they're trying to come out with the biggest part of their head first. So she got stuck and they couldn't. And the midwives (laughs) were actually being so supportive. I'd been pushing for God what feels like my entire life. And (laughs) and they're like, you're doing so good. She's coming down. Get it out. Yeah, she's coming down. She's coming down. And, And I was like, it doesn't feel like she's moving. <laughs> oh. And they're like, no, no, you're doing so good. She's definitely coming down. She'd been stuck for 45 minutes. So but she I wasn't swear going. she's come, what, a millimeter at a time? She wasn't moving anywhere, poor thing. So, um, yeah, she ended up, I ended up having to have an episiotomy and she was suctioned out, which sounds, which sounds very romantic. Yeah. Look, it's not. It's <laughs> What's that old horrible saying? Oh, it's like watching my favorite pub burn down. Uh, every time <laughs> I, never I heard he- that saying. Oh, every time I hear a man say that, I just want to slap them. It's yeah. Look, it's there's nothing romantic about it, but everything goes back, ladies. Everything. It's amazing. Does it? Yes. It's all just, just normal whip, again. Back in. Yes. We're built for this shit. It's great. And Honestly, it's- I'm. Inc- I am absolutely amazed at what the body can do. Well, you know what is amazing, and it's crazy to think about, but back in the day. It's crazy to think that you guys might not have survived and so many mothers and babies, if that baby wasn't in perfect position and totally pe- you, people just didn't survive their pregnancies, which is so – we should be so grateful for modern medicine and everything that allows us to have a healthy birth right now. Well, childbirth used to be the biggest killer of women. Uh-huh. That was it. It, would, it was such risky business having a baby because if anything went wrong, they didn't have the tools. They would to- hemorrhage, bleed out, Holy- baby couldn't get out. Oh, my God. If you're having a baby, don't even listen to that. That's awful. Now, oh, I'm talking no, about. I know. Yeah, I know. I'm talking back hundreds of years ago. We, okay, but now, honestly, they'll send you home four hours afterwards if you have yeah. a normal vaginal delivery and there's no complications. Four hours after giving birth, you can leave the hospital. My girlfriend had a water birth uh, up in Byron Bay in the bath, and literally, it was. A, I've seen the photos, and it was beautiful. Popped it out, got dressed, towel dried her hair, and walked out the door and went uh, home. It's amazing. And I was like, I- you're a nut. I, um, we stayed, so I had Marley at 4.50, I think, around that, p.m., p.m., um, in the afternoon, and the labor was only about six, six hours, so it was pretty quick birth, really, um, so I had her at 4.50 p.m., and I was out of hospital by 11 a.m. the next day, so I spent one night. Which is amazing. Yeah, but I didn't even want to spend that. The only reason why I had to spend that was because of having some stitches. But I was was happy to go home and I wanted to be in my own space. I think that there's something really nice about being – if you have the help. Mm. I was really lucky. I had Matt's mum helping me. Oh, that's nice. So we had that at home. It's quieter. You're not being woken up by other people's babies. It's really difficult to get sleep in the ward. So I felt better being in my own space, whereas I think some people feel much better knowing that they've got help close by. Yeah, I've heard some people say that, you know, they were in for quite a few days and they didn't really want to go home because they were scared to be on their own and they didn't know what yeah. to do. Well, it's crazy. You, you just, you have this baby, you have no tools as to how to take care of it. Like, sure, read the books, read all the books. What is that even? Hey, you know, that you is not YouTube? real. Like <laughs> that is not real. Any of it, you know, you get home, you have this whole human that you have to take care of and you have to 
breastfeed it and make sure that it's it's getting enough yeah. nutrients. And you just need to and, figure that out. Yeah, and, and babies lose weight after they've just been born. Marley actually lost more than 10% of her birth weight, which is not, they're supposed to lose less than that. Right. They lose uh, uh, up to 10%. If they lose more than that, then it could be maybe a problem with your milk flow or they're not, they're just not getting enough nutrients. Marley had lost more than 10% and just gave me this such a feeling of, um, I just felt so defeated and I Mm. felt so useless and like I wasn't doing a good enough job. And I, I was so fearful that what I was doing was wrong, but, you're just learning as you go. You're just figuring it out. Yeah, and now, well, that's life, isn't it? Totally. And now like at the six week or five week and a bit mark, I feel so much more confident and I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'm you just throw over this. your shoulder and off yeah. you go. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it takes it takes a while to get that confidence back and be able to leave the house and be like, no, 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 I got this. Yeah. Mama got this. And you, you so have this. Um, so in your birth, obviously Matt was in there. Yeah. Who, who, did you have anyone else in there? Like was your family in there at all? I had my sister in there with me and I also had Matt's mum in there with me as well. <laughs> Did you really? So I had the three of them, which was so nice. I um I asked my own mum if she wanted to come in and, and she sort of said it wasn't really her cup of tea. Oh really? Yeah. But you know what? It's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. Matt's one of five and his mum is um is such a maternal, wonderful woman mm-hmm. and she just loves everything to do with babies and so for me I was I was really happy having her in there so were they like really heads down in the action there were they watching it happen or did they just stay up sort of next to your head I always wondered do uh, they get down there in the, between the legs and see it all happening oh look I mean it's all on show if you want to go down there and have a look Matt was pretty you didn't care no not at all like and by the time you get to that point in labor you do not care you know the whole time I was thinking god I don't want to poo in front of everyone but then by the oh, time yeah. Yeah, because actually, everyone poos, don't they? That's what I've well, heard. Well, I didn't, so that was okay. But oh, great. Every, there you go. <laughs> to the world. I did. You I are did welcome. Poo. I guess like prior to, I was so concerned about that. I was like, oh, God, how embarrassing. Matt's mum's going to see this. But you know what? But honestly, the last who thing cares? When you get in there, you don't care about anything. Honestly, there could have been an entire football team in there and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have given it a crap at all. Yeah. Literally given a crap? Literally, <laughs> there was no craps to give. <laughs> You're so funny. The worst. So how was Matt in there? Is he like a fainter, feels queasy, or was he really supportive and fine and loved it? Or No, he was amazing. I mean, he stayed at the top end the whole time, but he was really, really supportive. There was one point during the labor where um, I had like music playing, not any music track that I picked or anything, but there was just ambient Something. music playing in the background. And I was having a contraction and Matt was holding my hand and singing like along to this Ed Sheeran song. And I was like, shut the fuck <laughs> up shut up but I was in so much pain I couldn't tell him to shut up you just want complete silence and it was so distracting having him be he's just singing like he's having a great oh oh my god I could have killed him but anyway that was the only thing and he realized straight away like you just don't must be hard for them not knowing what like they can't help you they can't help and it's such a personal and like animalistic process where it honestly doesn't matter who's in the room I didn't think that did Mm. anyway and you see, it's funny, growing up and in all the movies, you see birth as, you know, a woman laying on her back, legs up in the stirrups, gently being like, ah, pushing a baby out. But realistically, how did Miley come out? Were you like lunging, squatting on all fours? I, oh, my position. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. like literally the position because it's not what people think. It's like usually I think squatting is the most. That's what I've read. Well, that's what they say. They say actually try and get gravity to help Gra- you. Yeah. But I, because she was stuck and I had to have an 
episiotomy, I was mm. in stirrups. So I probably looked very much like your um, traditional... The grow-up expectations of birth. Yeah, yeah. I think okay. I looked like a movie scene. Um, <laughs> was the wind blowing in your hair? Like a car <laughs> crash. Um, no, it was... Um, yeah, so I think it like... If I was to think of what a traditional birthing video or oh, like video, sorry, movie looked like, it was like that. But yeah, right. um, okay. But yeah, God, it's weird to think back on it now. Even honestly, you just forget. Your brain just does this amazing thing where as soon as it's over, it's like, yeah. and they just erase that part of it. So what was the hardest part of the whole, if you had to say that of being pregnant or the birth, what did you find hardest out of the whole thing? Was it just literally getting her out? No, I think the hardest part was probably a little bit after. I think week number two was probably my hardest period. And, you know, you have this euphoria after having the baby and after having Molly, it was so amazing. And then the first little bit of time, you get so much help from family and friends and stuff. And at about the two-week mark, it's when that help kind of dips off a little bit. Life goes back to normal. Yeah, and and it's still, I think that that you're very, very uncomfortable afterwards. I was extremely uncomfortable afterwards. And so just doing day-to-day stuff was really difficult around the house. And then also navigating, having no sleep, that sleep mm-hmm. debt catches up on you and not being able to sort of like have, you know, I, I just felt like such a shell of a person at the two-week mark because I was still in a lot of discomfort and, mm-hmm. and I was so shattered, tired. So I think that that was probably my biggest hurdle. And... um you know, unfortunately, so many women suffer from postnatal depression. And I guess that's probably when it starts is when all the help goes and they realize that they're on their own. And I feel like they probably get overwhelmed. But you've been, yeah. how have you been with that? I th- I think as well with, I mean, I don't have postnatal depression. So I think it's difficult to comment on something that I haven't experienced. But I think that there's also a disconnect with people who suffer from postnatal depression, you know, you get told that as soon as you have this baby, there's going to be a flood of love and you're just going to instantly feel so in love with your child. And that doesn't happen for everyone. Sometimes that flood of love comes a little bit later. And I've actually know that for some men, that's the case as well. And people don't really talk about Mm. like postnatal depression for men. A few good friends of mine um, actually spoke to me about it from their perspective, dads, saying, you know, they didn't have that flood of love to start with and that it came, it was almost like they fell in love with their child. Um, Well, I guess they don't have, they don't grow it for nine months and form the same bond. They're sort of just waiting for nine months for it to come out and then they, then it starts. Whereas you as a woman have grown it. And totally. you feel that connection. Well, you're su- you're supposed to, or, or ideally, to, yeah. ideally, you feel that connection. But you know, I think that some people, it, it's it, they don't straight away, and then that does grow later on, which is also normal and fine if that happens. Absolutely, yeah. and there's so much help out there now that, that we we understand what that is, and we have a name for it, and we have. We, it's it's a hormonal imbalance. We have the tools to treat people who have that. Yeah, and I think women feel like they're failures and they feel like something's wrong with them, but it's not. And it's so easy now to go in and seek help or yeah. just speak to a friend. Or or they can even think that maybe they've made the wrong decision. I mean, it's such a life-changing event. Every single part of your identity as a woman changes once you have a baby. And I think that that has been difficult for even me to get my head around. And I don't suffer from postnatal depression knowing that, I'm not able, every single part of my day, I have to think, what am I going to do for Marley? How is Marley going to fit into my day? Whereas Matt can still 
get up. He can still go to the gym. He can Mm. still go to a work meeting. He still has so much autonomy from Marley because she's not, she's not dependent on his every move and his everything. Whereas I, and and every time she cries or every time that there's something that's wrong with her, it's my instinctive nature to be like, is she okay? Go, go and get my baby. So it really just changes for a woman much more rapidly than it does for the father, I think. Well, in our episode one, actually, we touched on the fact that you didn't really or you weren't going to get maternity leave as such that you had to go back and run your business and you had these really high expectations of how you were going to do that and how now that you've done it, it's we're six weeks yeah. in, how have you been finding that? Have you gone back to work as such? I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> That's what I had to say about that. I am an idiot, a big fool. Um, I have started back at work. Like I have started doing work. I'm not going into the office per se. It's really, really difficult because I've realized that my my schedule is not the same as Molly's schedule. And newborn babies need to have sort of four hour blocks of sleep or three hour blocks of sleep Sounds brilliant. in their own environment though they can't you can't just or I can't with Marley anyway maybe every baby's different I can't just strap her on me and then go to work and chuck her in the car and mm. then chuck her in the pram and like move her around because she gets unsettled and then her sleep debt racks up and so I get to 8 p.m at night and that's when I've called you and oh. she's been screaming yeah and she's just ropeable because she's not had the sleep that she needs and she's such a, a, a newborn baby that she doesn't have the mental capacity to understand oh I'm yeah. tired go to sleep she's just so overtired that she'll cry and cry and cry until 11 p.m so and there's nothing you can do to- nothing mm. she doesn't have colic there's nothing wrong she's fed her nappy's changed but it's just this sleep debt that and this routine that I'm trying to get my head around. And so as much as I want to get back into doing work and as much as when you run your own business, it's really important to kind of have that to go back to. Mm. It's been so much harder than what I thought it was going to be to juggle those two things. And work is 100% the part that's going to suffer and is suffering now. It comes down to Matt playing a bigger role in like taking her away for those three hour blocks in order to give me time to do the work that I need to do. Yeah. Well, even like now we're recording this, it's 8.30 in the morning, but, um, you know, you fed Miley and then he's got her for a few hours and then you go straight back. Totally. So and this that's is, nice that you have that help. And I don't think a lot of women do. I think a lot of women, you know, that husbands have to go or partners have to go or have to go back to work. And, and there's one person whose life changes so dramatically and so quickly while the other person's life as much as it does change they still have the ability to tap into their friendship groups and get some me time outside of just being a mum or a dad and I guess that that's the biggest thing that I'm sort of adjusting to now is is I'm a mum 24-7 and I know you, you know yeah. that when you're pregnant but you don't it, know until you know you don't know until you know that's and up. until you're experiencing it it's it's really really different and it's a massive identity shift yeah, well, there was something else I wanted to talk about that I actually have listened to you talk about in the past and um, I was really intrigued by it and I took my hat off to you for being open about it, but you actually suffered a miscarriage before this pregnancy yep. and um, I like that you spoke about that so that women don't know, A, that they're on their own. Women feel like they're on their own in that, but it is, it happens. But did that impact this pregnancy? Did that like put this the fear into you or change the way you led your life because you were trying to protect this baby? Yeah, massively. So I I guess starters, when Matt and I were pretty open about talking about our miscarriage before Marley, not 
as a woe is me or anything like mm. that. Um, just because we didn't want to announce this pregnancy and for everyone to think, oh, it's so easy for them. So someone else who was going through a similar situation mm. that we had been through and that I'd been through to think everyone else is getting pregnant and I've just had a miscarriage and, you know, it, it only exacerbates other people's pain if you don't talk about such issues. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I was like, miscarriage is so common yet we don't talk about it and people feel so isolated in their suffering. So I think it's really important because it's such an integral part of my pregnancy story that Mm -hmm. we had a miscarriage prior. So that's why I felt it was important to talk about it. Um, It definitely changed my ability to enjoy this pregnancy um, with Marley. I think I spent a lot of time fearful that I was going to have a miscarriage and any time that there was something that seemed like a speck of blood or a pain or something. Yeah, you mean, like, or, totally. Yeah. Anytime that there was something that seemed like it could be going wrong, my first thought was it's happening again. And it made it really difficult to to enjoy what an incredible experience being pregnant is. Um, it wasn't until I probably got to about the six or seven month mark that I was like, oh no, this is happening. Like this is, we are good. And that I really right. got into the mojo of loving being pregnant. So it relaxed, you did relax eventually or eventually. up until day dot no so even up until day dot I think I did think that it was a possibility and you always have this underlying fear but that fear was not irrational it didn't take hold of me it was just a it was just a thought that mm. I had from time to time the same as I think the thought what if my child has a disability or what if my child isn't healthy it or just crosses your mind you you do think about these things but you also think surely it's not going to happen to me so I, I I still did think about it. And I think had I not had a miscarriage, it wouldn't have probably registered on my radar at all. And I wouldn't have felt so reserved in my happiness. So how far were you when you miscarried the first time? We were within the first trimester. So we okay. were 10 weeks. Right. So it's quite, it's quite a long way along. Yeah, it was... Like you're at the time where you're telling family. Yeah, you know, nine, nine, ten weeks. Yeah. It, it was, I mean, and it was just something that I didn't think would happen to me. And it was something that I didn't think happened very often. So I assumed there was something wrong with me. I was going to say for all the women listening that I maybe have had this happen before, did you feel like you had failed? Because you most certainly haven't. But I, I can only imagine that women go through this feeling of that, why couldn't I keep this viable yeah. is it something I did or I think it was is there something that I've done wrong mm. or is there something wrong with me were the two thoughts that I had but then the more that I looked into it and the more that I researched it the more I understood you know one in four pregnancies end in miscarriage and I realized how common it is which is huge huge isn't it? it is just Absolutely. huge and we should be speaking about it more so I'm really glad that you are opening up about that so thank you no <laughs> so it's, you're so welcome so you. but you know what like that was part of our journey mm. and now we have an incredibly beautiful amazing baby girl and yeah. it just blows my mind absolutely blows my mind and just so there's a little bit of uh, like more hope for people that have maybe had a miscarriage how long after did you fall pregnant again was that was we, that journey hard or no we were pretty lucky and actually happened for us pretty quickly like okay. within within two months of um, losing our first pregnancy, we were having another baby. And so I, it came as a surprise because I didn't, I had no idea that I was pregnant then and probably didn't think yeah, it. that it would happen that quickly. Yeah. So we were really lucky in that aspect. Yeah. And um, I saw actually, 
funny story on your Instagram the other day that um, you did like a question and answers and someone someone wrote in and said, how do you keep the romance alive? Oh my God, you, like, yes. comment about bloody nappy changing and yeah, God like, love you. Yeah, sometimes we change nappies together. <laughs> How do Matt and I keep the romance alive with a six-week-old baby? Do you know what? I'm going to say that that question probably came from someone who doesn't have a baby or hasn't had kids. Because the romance is not in the nappy changing. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe it's from someone who's about to have a baby and they're genuinely asking that question. Honestly, it, it changes your relationship massively. At the moment, everything's about... Molly, everything is about keeping this baby happy and healthy and and they require so much time and energy and love that you kind of feel a little bit depleted at the end of the day that you don't have a lot of... Like the last thing you want to do is think yeah. about getting frisky in between the sheets. Oh my God, well you when can't you've got vomit even... on you, you haven't showered and you haven't slept. <laughs> you can't even get frisky. You've got to wait for six weeks anyway, but more so just... Matt's like, counting down. Yeah. Three yeah, days left. Poor thing. <laughs> you just, even just to feel romantic and feel you have any of that left to give to your partner. I, I mean, there's been days where I'm so tired that I just don't have the the energy to, to give the relationship, the attention mm. that it needs. However, I've just found a whole new level of love for Matt. It's incredible In watching him. In a different him. way. Oh, it's incredible watching him with Marley and watching him be a dad and just feeling your heart literally want to explode because someone you love more than anything, you've created a whole new person with. It's an amazing, amazing experience. But romance in like a sexual, like, oh, want to be all touchy-feely. Sometimes I'm like, do not come near me you did this keep it away (laughs) but I know that's still far too raw totally but I know that that's also just an intermittent thing and that's part of the the process of having a newborn baby and then getting back into our groove and our mojo and our routine you know I I can't wait for that but I'm also there's there's no pressure on yeah of course I mean you're still healing yeah like in all ways in in, you know in many many ways in many ways but um it really does take your relationship from it just takes it to the next level you just need to like ease into it we'll pass and be like all right just do a quick butt grab that's all you're getting today (laughs) you're like we're working it back up (laughs) and look i the question on everyone's lips well just mine actually (laughs) has matt tried your breast milk oh my god do you know what? <laughs> Literally, pun intended no, again. No, he with the hasn't. Lip. He hasn't yet, but he keeps saying he's going to. So maybe ask me that again in a couple of weeks' time. I'm surprised. I really I, just thought he'd be a curious cat and just get straight in there. I'm actually uh, surprised he hasn't yet either because he, when I was pregnant, he was like, I'm 100% going to try this. Well, also seen as though he's, you know, wanting to get the friskiness back. I thought he'd like <laughs> two birds with one stone, like get frisky, try the breast oh, milk. Oh, do you know what? They're so, <laughs> no way. Your boobs just become like a little bait. Like they're not his they're not mine anymore they are they are Marley May's boobs they nobody else owns these they've got a neon sign across them which are Marley May's so have so, you tried your breast milk I'm just curious because I wonder if it's like this sweet little it's, almond well, milk it's meant to be sweet do you want to do you want me to put in your coffee do you actually I usually add honey yourself? just add some of Laura's breast milk yeah? I can express you some and you can try it Brittany if you want haven't are you not at all curious I haven't tried it do you know what I, I know that I probably will as well there hasn't been a time where I'm like, mm, today's the day that I'm going to drink my breast milk. I, I just have the funniest image yet. of you just like a cow mm, milking. Mm, 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 oh my God, <laughs> this has taken a terrible turn. I'm so sorry to whoever's listening. This is too much. I thought that was actually a genuine too question. Much. I think I will give it a try. And when I yeah. do, I will report back. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, I feel like we have covered a lot. We totally have. And I feel like we've probably covered too much in some aspects, actually. No. But Britt, maybe to finish off, we do finish off these episodes with our suck and our sweet for the week. Yeah, right. Have you thought about this? What I is your suck you know and what, what is your sweet? I haven't even thought about it. I could probably, on the spot, my suck was I had to do some uh, some graveyard night shifts this week. Oh, yeah. Mm. You've been working every night in the hospital. I work been- so much. Yeah, I think maybe people don't realize that. But then also, I don't get to go home and sleep in the day always because, because I have other... she comes here and does podcasts <laughs> yeah, first have... thing in the morning. I do it for the love for you guys. Oh, my no. God. Don't bitch about not sleeping to me. Yeah. I know what that's and like. I, I can't complain because you <laughs> latch you for the rest of your life. So, no, that was it. I just had a bit of a tough week with no sleep, but um, the four coffees a day are helping. But my sweet, what could my sweet be? Oh, actually, I had a... Um, I'm never, not going to mention anything going to depth, but I did have a really good DM slide in this week. <laughs> Ooh. But I'm not going into that. Wait, from a boy? Most, yeah. Most of your slide-ins, you know, the only people I get excited about was if uh, a, a cute boy slid into my DM or like an RSPCA dog. They're the two things that get me going. But it wasn't <laughs> Wait, the RSPCA, RSPCA dog. dog sliding into your DMs? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello. Um, no, I'm, but oh. usually you get some interesting characters that slide into your DMs, but... Um, I had one that was quite surprising and it, it definitely put this. Well, if he's listening, you made her weak. You are the sweet of her oh, week. So that's very, very lovely. But what was yours? What's your suck and sweet? My suck and sweet for the week. Okay. Um, my suck is that I had a, you know, I did realize that I can't just take Marley with me everywhere and that she needs to have these <laughs> blocks of sleep. So yeah. I did have two nights this week that were really, really insane with screaming, crying, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't know what to do or how to handle it. It was a real learning curve for being a new mum. My sweet is that Marley is smiling this week. Is she? she you sure did... she's not just farting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, I'm one of those mums. And like, it's a smile. Babe, that's gas. Please. She coughs and farts at the same time. It's so cute. No, <laughs> no she could do is, anything. That is super no, cute. No, she's definitely smiling and it just melts me every time. So, like, waking up in the middle of the night to do a feed or to just do anything, when she looks up and smiles at me, I, I'm dead. It just kills my heart. She's so wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> RIP me. That is a great little. So that's and my you're gonna sweet. Have, every week, you know, your sweet's going to be Marley. I know. I know. Sorry, guys. If you wanted to hear about anything else, I'm a new mum now and that's all I talk about. So <laughs> mum life. Well, I'm super excited that The Bachelor starts this week. So I can't wait to watch that and give, you know, my, put my two cents in. I'm so, so excited. Yeah. We're, we're all over it. There were some actually in the promo, there were like fighter jet planes. I don't know if you saw mine, but I played golf and then they're in a fighter fighter jet i was like oh this is not right well i mean if the um if the daily mail articles from last season anything to go by i think bachelor probably exhausted their um their budget budget on on, on the honey badger and so had no money left for date maybe maybe that's not the case this season but yeah you guys had crappy dates yeah no, I, we had we had fun dates, and you know what? You could do anything with activity Nick. dates. Yeah, yeah you but could do weren't... anything with him and have fun, and it was brill. But I would love to go in a fighter jet. Just yeah. saying, they weren't your big flashy dates, but it seems like they've really ramped up to, yeah. like I said, the traditional bachelor storyboard yeah. and i am freaking excited we're here for it so come back and join us next week as we recap the batch and probably talk a lot more about nothing <laughs> oh stop it who's talking about nothing we talk about life love and all the things in between kids yeah hopefully i have some more dating stories for you uh thanks for joining us guys see you soon